Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. Last week we, we began and we talked about our inheritance. Uh, we talked about how we have received the joint inheritance along with Abraham, the promises given to him. Amen? Amen. Through one and only name, and that's through Jesus Christ, who died and rose again and grafted us in so that we are joint heirs with Christ according to the promise. So I thought I'd start out today simply, I, I, there's a few inheritances that uh, have caught my attention this week. And so I just want to read you a few people's inheritance before we get into the real good inheritance through the Word of God. But I thought you might enjoy this one. Uh, there was a gentleman, he was a Portuguese aristocrat named Louis Aristocrat. Sorry. <laughs> Disney did a movie called Aristocrat. So I got I to move, move beyond all of this. A Portuguese aristocrat named Louis Carlos de Noronha. And he had a large, large sum of money at the end of his life. And how he passed on in his will, his inheritance, is he chose 70 random strangers out of the phone book. Many of which wouldn't take the inheritance because they didn't believe it was real. Anyway, I thought that one was interesting. Um, here, is, here is a nice one. A, a German poet named Heinrich Hein. He left his estate to his wife, Matilda in 1856, with the condition, he really wrote this in his will, that she remarry so that there will be at least one man to regret my death. Way to go, Heinrich. Yeah, that wasn't a nice one, all right? I just thought you might enjoy hearing about it. Um, here's one maybe you've heard of before. When, when William Shakespeare had a will, and he left almost everything to his daughter, Susanna, with the exception, he left to his wife, um, I, I want to get her name right because I should know this, to Anne Hathaway, his wife, he left his second best bed. I don't know what that was all about, Shakespeare, but uh, I think it was a, a dig. Okay, one more. Jack Benny, he was a comedian who passed away in 1974, and he arranged in his will for his wife every day for the rest of her living life, through his will, she would receive one long stem red rose from the flower. I know, I thought I'd leave you with a nice one. Uh, evidently, he was better. It just shows you comedians are better than poets at the end of the day, all right? <laughs> but I want to uh, go into our heirs, because our inheritance, we are heirs of the promise. We are heirs of the promise. And last week, we, we showed very clearly that there's nothing you can do to earn your inheritance. There is no law that you can follow that makes you more available to receive the fullness of your inheritance. There's no, there's no fine print provision. There is one name, and that is Jesus Christ, and you receive the fullness. You receive the righteousness, and you become an heir according to the promise, right? I thought we'd read Galatians uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, because uh, we didn't get to it last week. But Galatians 4, we had read in Galatians 3 last week, but I want to I continue there. It says this, think of it this way. 
If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians. We talked last week about these were their schoolmasters. These were people in this, in this day and age where if wealthy people had children, they would appoint a schoolmaster and they could, the kids couldn't even leave the house without the schoolmaster following them around to make sure they obeyed and didn't, didn't just fall into immorality. All right? So they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. You come to Jesus, he gives you his Holy Spirit, which prompts you. You realize some of us think we earned our salvation by calling out to Jesus. Well, even that was prompted by the Holy Spirit. Father! Father. No one can come to God unless he calls them. And he's called each one of you to call out to the Father today. You are no longer a child. It's not like you become saved and then you have to follow the probate court before you actually get your inheritance. You get it all right now. Yes, yes, the kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven. The fullness. You are grown up. Congratulations. So again, I thought uh, we would read from the law offices our inheritance letter. It's also found in Genesis chapter 17. Our inheritance, because the Bible is very specific. We get the inheritance given to Abraham, right? So here we go. I'm going to read your inheritance again, and then we're going we're gonna to dissect it just a little bit today. It says this in Genesis 17, verse 1 uh, through 7. When Abraham was 99 years old, God appeared to him and told him, I am the Almighty. Obey me and live as you should. I will prepare a contract between us, guaranteeing to make you into a mighty nation. In fact, you shall be father of not only one nation, but a multitude of nations. Abraham fell face down in the dust as God talked with him. What's more, God told him, I am exchanging, I'm changing your name. It is no longer Abraham, which means exalted father, but Abraham, father of nations, or father of the multitude. For that is what you will be. I have declared it. I will give you millions of descendants who will form many nations. Kings shall be among your descendants, and I will continue this agreement between us generation after generation forever. For it shall be between me and your children as well. It is a contract that shall be, I shall be your God and the God of your posterity. And I will give all this land of Canaan to you and them forever. I will be your God. First thing God wants to do is change your name. Change your name. That's why we get, in the, we get in the scripture, Saul becomes Paul, right? Simon becomes Peter. 
God sent Jesus to make all things new. You cannot come to him unless you are born again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is 2 Corinthians. The old has gone and the new has come. You have to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God to receive what the inheritance letter promises you. You must be born again, be made new. And today is your day. If you've come here today and you're like, I don't even know what that means, good. <laughs> That's, we'll let the lawyers sort that out. All you need to do is call out to Jesus. I, 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 all you need to do is accept Christ's sacrifice for your sins and say, Jesus, I need you. And he will make you new. If you need a name change, he offers that to you today. Receive righteousness instead of sin. Receive holiness instead of, 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 the, of the filthy rags. This week I want to unpack just a couple of other things, okay? Number one, hope it's going to be really good, I promise. She hopes so. Yes, I'm a dad. All right. The thing I want to unpack here, if you notice in this, in this contract, in the promise that God gives to Abraham, it is very much a land con contract, isn't it? Right? Right? It is very much about property. You have received a land property inheritance, which is kind of fascinating if you think about it. It's a great thing to inherit, but it is very much a land contract. It's a real estate deal. You inherit the land, okay? If you are blessed along with Abraham, if you receive the promises of Abraham, that land contract, right, the land of Canaan, very much given. Are you with me, right? It is very much part of the promise. So Pete and Sharon, when you guys head off to Israel, just bring a shovel and a hammer and start building, all right? Uh, wherever you find a piece of property, just, just tell them, hey, this is my inheritance. I just understand that. There's lots of room by the Dead Sea. Nobody wants to build there, so feel free. <laughs> Hold the phone here. Before we all book our next airfare to Israel and start building homes and claiming our property and our inheritance, they, I, I, I think it would be really good to understand Yes, this is the land of Canaan, the promised land. And, and the borders are described differently. Uh, it's way more than they currently have in the, in the nation of Israel, all right? The land contract. Some of the most generous ones go all the way to Iraq and, and, and draw lines and say, this is actually all the promised land that was promised to Abraham, all right? Uh, but, but this is kind of a general accepted. This is what the land of Canaan, which was promised as our inheritance, as Abraham's inheritance, uh, this is right where that is, the, the, the nation of Israel is right there in the, the green uh, area right there. But I think what we need to understand, there is so much more to the promise, to the land inheritance, yeah. to the contract, than the little boundaries that we can create on a map. It, 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 it's, it's more profound, it's deeper, and there's a whole lot more acreage in the real promise. They're, oh my goodness, our inheritance is bigger than these boundaries, okay? So I want to just dissect this today. This is fun for me, all right? We were promised very clearly that we will give you, God says, and I will give you this land of Canaan to you and them forever. 
And it's not just to people who are of Hebrew origin. It is, we're the children of the promise, right? Come on, folks. Yes? We're Pentecostals here, all right? Go like this. Shababa, all right? We need to just loosen up a little bit. We are children of the promise. Yes? So is the promise of the land of Canaan ours? Some of you don't. He's going to trick me. That pastor's going to trick me. I'm not tricking you. If we are heirs to the promise, the promise is very specific. The land of Canaan is ours. Because we are heirs of the promise. Yes. Where does Canaan come from? This is where we're going to dissect today. Canaan was Noah's grandson. Okay? Now, follow me here very closely. Because this is a very obscure story, and it's going to, it's going, you know, Noah was the only righteous man, yet he was a scoundrel, all right? All right? We get this, this uncomfortable, weird, somewhat crazy story about Noah in the book of Genesis, okay? Genesis 9, 25 says this, when Noah awoke from his wine, press pause, Noah was a drunk. So... Listen, I don't know if he did it all the time, but he was wasted. This is Noah. Who built the ark? That guy who was drunk. All right. I don't know. I just want you to understand. God still chose Noah. He had some serious issues. Noah, when Noah awoke from his wine, and so what happened? I'll tell you the quick story. Noah, the, the, the flood's over, uh, you know, it's just them left. He's drunk out of his mind, passes out, buck naked. I'm not making this up. You can't say that in church. It's in the Bible, all right? Buck naked. His son, Ham, comes in. Oh, my goodness, dad is drunk. He's naked. Oh, my. He goes and gets his brothers, Shem and Japheth, and he's like, guys, you'll never get. Dad is wasted. He's drunk out of his mind, and he's naked on the floor. Get in here and check this out. Okay? Listen, folks. Shem and Japheth refused to, to stoop to Ham's level. Okay? So they, they back in with the sheep, and they cover their father's nakedness. Whereas where Ham had been snickering at it and mocking it and getting to his brother, this is hilarious. Let's Instagram this. All right. No, there was no Instagram. So here's where we pick up in Genesis 9, 25. It says, when Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him. Okay. First of all, I just want to press pause. Because my modern senses want to slap Noah in the face. All right. Like, what do you mean you are your son did? You're the one who got drunk and laid naked out for all to see. But when Noah finds out what Ham did, see, there was a curse upon anybody like to, to expose your father's nakedness. So Ham just didn't mock. He went ahead and tried to bring that curse onto his brothers to bring them into, bring him into this sin that he'd taken part of. It was a sin of mockery, indulgence, and he was, he, was, he was wanting to expose his father's nakedness, and they wouldn't have it. Noah wasn't perfect in this, but when he awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan. What? If you didn't follow this with me, who was the one who saw him naked? Ham. Noah wakes up from his drunkenness, and he says, cursed 
be Canaan. Canaan was Ham's son. He didn't do anything. If I'm Ham, if I'm Canaan, I'm like, what's with that, Grandpa? Thanks for nothing. All I was doing is playing soccer with my buddies, and I get cursed. But this is what happens. Now, I don't know if Noah understood all of what was going on, but it was certainly a prophetic moment here yeah. in Scripture. When he awoke from his wine, he said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of the slaves he will be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be the Lord, the God of Shem. Press pause. Shem is the line that brings Abraham after nine generations. Shem was Abraham's great, 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 I'm not even going to try to get the number right. Ninth generations. Yet, like I don't need to go there. Praise be the Lord God of Shem. May Canaan be his, a slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. No fair. First of all, remember, when we come to the scripture, I'm not trying to impose my cultural fairness upon it. I, I am not God. I am not, uh, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I can't connect all the dots like God can, all right? So I come before the Lord and say, wow, I don't get it, but praise you anyway, right? There's a prophetic meaning here today. And, and, and the curse doesn't even seem to work at first. Because he says, cursed be Canaan, right? My grandson. And, and then we have nine generations before Abraham even appears and gets this promise. But in the meantime, Ham's son Canaan subdues the whole land of Israel. In the meantime, it was Canaan's, Canaan's uh, kids and grandkids and great-grandkids that became the people living in the land. The people that eventually, when Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, he had to extinguish and remove from the land. Okay? We're going somewhere with this. This isn't just fun to think about, although it is. The Canaanites had to be driven from the promised land. So follow me one more step deeper. Canaan gets his name from the Hebrew word Cana, which means this, to be humbled, to be subdued. That was his name. To be brought into subjection. As unto a king. To become, listen to this, it goes further, to become a subject of the king and his kingdom. Okay. Now, these folks aside and the unfairness to Canaan and all of that, the prophetic thing that is happening here, God gives the promise of the land of Canaan to Abraham and his seed. This land, these people who are to be brought into subjection into a kingdom unto the king, it is Abraham and his seed that are responsible to subdue the land. This is our inheritance. The land of Canaan. Now, I'm smiling here 
Because Abraham's seed officially comes, and his name is Jesus Christ. And what can he not shut his mouth about? The kingdom of God. Follow me here. Jesus, in Matthew 4, 23, over and over, he says this. Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and every illness. He says, the kingdom of God, it is at hand. It is near. It is in you. It is here. It is like a mustard seed. It is yeast. On and on and on. He keeps talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. It is my good pleasure, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's pleased to give it to you. I'm trying to draw a quick parallel for you. Before you go and build your house in Israel, I want you to understand what the land of Canaan really is. What that prophetic term really is. It is the king's domain. When Jesus is talking about the kingdom, see, we get confused. We think he's talking about heaven, and he is. But it wasn't limited to just this place in the sky. The kingdom of God is anywhere his domain is. Okay? And he's pleased to give you the kingdom. He puts it on your shoulders to be heralds and proclaimers of the kingdom. You are to bring the euangelion, he said, the good news of the kingdom of God. It is our good pleasure, those who have inherited the kingdom, to go around the globe uh, and, and, and proclaiming the good news, the euangelion of the gospel, that Jesus Christ, the seed, and we, bring, we go throughout the land of Canaan and we, we declare his kingdom come, we, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, his kingdom will come, but his kingdom is come as well. Amen. Folks, your inheritance is much bigger than that little map. Stephanie, if you'll bring up my, 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 my real example of the kingdom, our inheritance. This is, this is a more accurate map of the land of Canaan. Right here. Yep, I think we're somewhere here, so it's fair game. Let's see, where else? Where, oh, Ethiopia, where are you at? Right there, fair game. That's part, this is part of the land of Canaan. Canaan means, means to be subdued, to come under the kingdom. And Jesus says, it's so good that I'm going to go because now, now I can send my Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power when he comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my ambassadors to the entirety of the kingdom, the land of Canaan. Everywhere you step your foot is ground for the kingdom, is your birthright. We approach it so weak, we think, oh, I sure hope God will save this country. Let's, let's, oh, I don't know. When God says, this is yours, what if you really, what if you really thought that Ferndale was your inheritance 
and, and what if there was a scoundrel named Satan who, was ta- who had taken over? You would do everything in your power to bring back your inheritance to the rightful owner. This is the glory of God by which we get to be and live. And, it's, and, and, and we, we talk about land, but God, you know, he's going to blow all this up one day. He cares about the hearts of men and women, of all mankind. They are the true land of Canaan. You and I are the true land of the promise. And God says, I will bless you, and I will give you the entirety of the land. And it is our good pleasure to walk in, in that inheritance. And, and not just in a, oh, I sure hope so. It's a, hey, this is my inheritance. There is an authority in understanding who you are, in Christ. Oh, I'm not just an afterthought. I am a son. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. That's our property. And my battle is not against flesh and blood, right? So I'm not mad at these people. Who am I mad? I'm mad at the enemy who has taken to kill, steal, and destroy. But greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And so it's not much of a battle when I can walk in and everywhere I step my foot is grounds for the kingdom and the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that created the whole globe in the first place, is in you and on you to bring about the kingdom of God wherever it is is not. Where you want to know where your inheritance is? Have a look. Anywhere you don't see the king's domain in action is your inheritance to go get. Oh, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. We're going to go walk all over Canada. We're going to go walk all over Mexico. Then we're going to get in a boat. We're going to Hawaii. All right? And then we'll head on. We're going to go to Australia. We're going to go to Asia. We're going to go to all the world. That's the mandate. We've limited it to a teeny slice. And we've limited it to the teeny bit of our ability. And God says, no. I've promised you the entirety of the land of Canaan to be subdued, to come under the king's domain. Folks, it is a real estate transaction. Your inheritance letter is clear. This is the mandate. This is your inheritance. And God is not willing that anyone, not even people up here in this Russia place, or in India, or, or China, he's not will, he does, do you realize he's not willing that any one of those little ones, big ones, small ones, doesn't matter, he's not willing, it is not of his will, that anyone should pass away and not accept the kingdom in them through the name of Jesus Christ. That's his will. His will is total world domination. Nothing less. And that is your inheritance. You are joint heirs with Christ. Now, doesn't it rub you the wrong way that you can look and just see where the enemy has taken over? That's none of his business. And we have the kingdom within us. And so he says this, and I want to do one more tangent before we get to it. I want to do something a little bit fun here. Not that we're not having fun. The mandate is the land contract and to the multitudes. Did you see how often it was the father of the multitudes, the multitudes, 
to everyone. He says this, I will, you, to you, I will be the God of you and your posterity. Okay, I want to bring it down one, one level here. Posterity means your family. Yeah. And your grandkids. And your great-grandkids. That's your posterity in a nutshell. And what was he promising to Abraham? Hey, your posterity, I'll be their God. To your kids, to your grandkids, to a hundred generations from now, I will be their God. On a very practical level today. Folks, it's time we claim the inheritance of our posterity again. Too many of us have, a, have decided that, you know what, they're going to make their own decisions. No, well, they get to, but you know what? It's going to be hard for them not to decide to follow God. Because they're part of my posterity and my inheritance is that they will follow God. Yes. I'm telling you what, I pray for my kids every day. And, and, and I, I pray not only for them, I pray for their spouses. I don't know their names yet. Thank goodness. I pray for my grandkids. I pray for my great-grandkids. And I'm very specific. I, I, I pray very bold prayers. I say this, Lord, give my kids, their spouses, their kids, my great-grandkids, hearts after you like the world has never seen. I'm not like just, hey, just bring them up to my level. Or just bring them up to the level of people. No, no, no. I want them to be like none other before. I pray blessing upon them. Bless them physically. Bless them financially. Bless them mentally. Bless them emotionally. I pray this. Fill them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I pray, Father, would you give them favor Favor with mankind and favor with yourself. May they inherit the land. And so don't you be jealous of my posterity. Because you have free reign to pray that into your posterity as well. Parents, let's pray again. And, and some of you are like, I'm just waiting for my children to rise up and call me blessed. They're never going to call you blessed unless you bless them first. This is how the kingdom works. Now, I'm not telling you to spoil them in, in, in that way. I'm telling you, you bless them. Bless them with your mouth. Bless them with what you have. Bless them with your time. Bless them with everything that you are because the kingdom works in a completely different way than the world works. The king, see, you can even take marriage for an example. Many of us approach our marriages, well, I will bless my wife if she will bless me. Yeah. And that makes sense, Right? I will, I will bless you if you bless me. Let's make a deal. That, that's not how the kingdom that you inherit works. The kingdom is I'm going to bless no matter what you do, no matter what you say, expecting nothing in return. That's the kingdom. That's humbling myself in the sight of the Lord. And, and through that, that's where I find blessing. But I never do it in an, in an expectation to receive in return. Because I already have everything from the King of Kings. The reason we start trying to manipulate each other is because we don't believe the contract in the first place. i got to somehow work it out with you so that I get what's coming to me and you get what's coming to you. Let's go back to the letters of the law. And the kingdom says, he who lays his life down for a friend has no greater love. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. If you want to be great in the kingdom... You must learn to be the servant of all. 
even if you never get anything in return for it. Because faith demands, I believe. And only through belief do I receive inheritance. It's not through my works. It's not, it's not through anything I can do. This is the way of the kingdom. I seek to bless others. I seek to bless the multitudes. The multitudes is the mandate. Do you realize how stupid it would ever be to have a racist thought about anybody else in the world? It's the most dumb nonsense you could ever let cross your brain. Just because they look different, talk different, and act different, we, we tend to, in fear, going back to the law, I want to make sure I'm getting what's coming to me so I have to protect myself from them. But the promise of Abraham to you, his offspring, is for the multitudes. Multitudes. I've talked about this only through multiplies. Many layers will the kingdom of God multiply as it needs to. So I lay my life down for the other cultures. I bring the kingdom of God regardless of what people look like, smell like, think like. I bring Jesus because that's my only only source of inheritance. I've got nothing to give the world other than Jesus. I can't force my agenda on other people because all they'll get is my agenda. But what I can do is bring the good news of the kingdom of God. My inheritance is the multitudes. It is the entirety of the world. It is my posterity. All of those things. Do you want your inheritance today? I have one word for you. Two words, only believe. Yeah. Only believe. Faith in Jesus Christ will give you the kingdom. I need to take five more minutes of your time. Because what I want to do here today at the conclusion, and we're all going to stand up, but I need, I'm going to have, first of all, <laughs> I'm going to make some of you uncomfortable. Except you, Diney, because it's your birthday today. All right, I won't do that to you. <laughs> yes. Anybody here? was born outside of the United States and would be willing to pray for your country into a mic for all of us to hear. Okay? You can get up here. Okay? Because we're going to pray into the mic. We're going to pray for the nations today. This is our inheritance. The, the Bible says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. So what we're going to do today, let's call this a Missions Emphasis Sunday. We are going to pray into the nations. We got a Canadian here. Anybody, anybody want to pray for uh, Mexico for us? Nobody. Zeb's going to. I knew you would. All right, I need someone to pray. Stand up. Uh, pray for uh, the continent of Africa. Sherwood, you got it? Come on up. Well, how about the, I know we're just going to, we're going to paint a broad brush here. Asia, anyone willing to pray for the, the entirety? Thank you so much. All right. Um, what am I missing? South America. How about just the Americas in general? Thanks, Joe. Come on up. All right. We're, we're, Australia. Crikey. No, would you come to Australia? All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to gra grab that mic, Zeb. And you just follow along and hold it for them. When it comes to you, we're just going to pray. The rest of you stand up. I told you this would be a little bit different. And our job is the yes. We're going to say amen, all right? We're just going to say amen. So I'm not looking for a 10-minute prayer, just a quick prayer. We are, we, are, we, are, we are taking our inheritance letter and saying, Father, we ask of you. Hannah, you better get up here and pray for Ireland. Goodness gracious, what are you thinking? All right. 
Let's pray. Israel, you bet. Come on up. Go ahead. We're praying. Father, you're the Lord of the harvests. You're the lover of men. You sent your son that we might live through him. We pray for Canada, Father, the nation, the Amen. people in the country. We pray that you'd move on the face of the waters. Yeah. We pray that you'd draw men according to your word. No man can come except you draw them. Draw men, women, children. Move on the face of the waters. Thrust forth laborers and watch over that country. Brood on the face of the waters, Father. And cause, draw hearts Amen. to your son. Let the name of Jesus be exalted there, Father. Dear Father in heaven, I come to you in a mighty way and over Africa, Lord, pour your spirit like a river water pouring down on from heaven to them, Lord, in a mighty way. Touch them from the head to the toes, Amen. Lord. Guide them, Lord. Lead them the way it should go, Lord. Direct the path of righteousness in name. Father, I want to thank you for the one, the amazing, beautiful people on the continent of Asia, Lord. Yeah. Father, I thank you right now just for what you've already done. Oh, Lord, for the, for the wild, radical, sold-out Koreans, Chinese, I, in, in India, more and more, Lord. And God, we just we prophesy and declare a full-blown takeover, Lord, Amen. a spiritual overhaul that not one individual on in the continent of Asia will be untouched. Not one. Even if they don't see it coming, Lord, there'll be an ambush of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that will flip it upside down. Even, even the areas that might be considered hard, supposedly, like North Korea even, Lord. God, you delight in doing the most radical things that even would make Christians scoff and say, how could Kim Jong-un, how, how could God forgive? Lord, there's no one too far from your hand, Amen. Lord. So we thank you, God, and we just declare that Asia shall be saved. Amen. All of it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for the Americas, Father, North and South America. Lord, I pray your blessings upon them. I pray a pouring of your, of your spirit upon um, our nation and, and upon the South American nation. Father, that your blood will, will cover all, your blood covers all sins. And so, Lord, all things that are, that are, um, uh, hindering the works of your hand in that area father we come against the enemy in the name of jesus no weapon form shall stand against us for who is against us if you are for us lord father i just pray a pouring of your spirit upon the americas i pray god that your hand will touch each and every soul lord and that each and every person father will feel the presence of your spirit in your precious and holy name jesus we thank you and glorify you and claim the americas in the name of jesus God, I thank you for Ireland and that you just fill the people there with your spirit and that you just put your spirit on them and that they walk in spiritual freedom and that they walk into a personal relationship with you and that Ireland becomes a jumping off point for the rest of Europe and that your fire spreads through Amen. all of Europe through the people of Ireland. Amen. Amen. 
Lord, you have told us to ask for the nations and you would give them to us for our inheritance, yeah. Lord. And as we've heard this message this morning about Canaan, we lift up Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but Lord, we pray for even more in this modern day as Israel is being established, Lord, and Canaan is being reclaimed, Lord, that it speaks unto the nations prophetically. Amen. It speaks into the body of Christ, Lord. And so we call for the peace of Jerusalem today Amen. to be a worldwide thing, Lord, and that we would receive your glory because of it. And we continue to ask for all nations to come into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, Father, I thank you for all tongues and all nations bowing their knees to you, yeah, Father. Yeah. Father, I pray, Jesus, I pray for Russia right now, Jesus. Yeah. I pray for the believers that are there that are standing and saying, Jesus, we need you. Father, I declare that your kingdom come over Russia. Jesus, I declare that there be a light. Amen. And Jesus, thank you so much that there is no place too far, that you are everywhere. You are omnipresent, Jesus. And so I thank you for 100% transformation, yeah. Father. And Jesus, for new lives and just transformation for what you're doing around the globe, Father. And I pray that you, you help us see that we're a part of this, Jesus. I pray that you give us a burden for, for right here in Ferndale, but a burden for this globe as well, as well, Father. And Jesus, I thank you for your kingdom coming and for your truth being known and for 100% transformation, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're going to pray for the, our posterity. Your kids... Your children's children, you have the children in the spirit that you know that you that you've you've claimed. And so, Father, we lift up our kids and the posterity of the generations that follow us. Father, that your favor would be upon them. Father, that your kingdom would come in them more powerfully and profoundly than this world has ever seen before. Lord, that the glory to glory would be more glorious in the next generation and more glorious in the one after that, Father. That the whole world might come to know the name of Jesus Christ, the only way, the only truth, the only only life and no one can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And so, Father, bless our posterity. Bless the nations. Father, we receive the full inheritance that you paid for freely on the cross. And so we've received freely and we proclaim it freely with joy in our hearts. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.